This is Taiwan Plus on ICRT, your connection to stories that matter. Brought to you by the news team at TaiwanPlus.com. Welcome to Taiwan Plus News. I'm Ian Kavat. In just the past five years, more than 10% of Taiwan's forces have retired from the military. The country is doubling its efforts to enhance its combat readiness and is finding ways to entice a new generation of soldiers. Jaime Ocon has the details. As tensions with China continue to rise, Taiwan seeks to enhance the combat readiness of its troops. But a recent military report revealed that in the past five years, almost half of its soldiers have applied for early discharge. The report says the reasons include long work hours and not being able to apply their training in the field. Officials are looking to address the issues. Taiwan is considering extending military service from four months to a year. The war in Ukraine has made the country reevaluate its combat readiness. Taiwan also plans to recruit an additional 47,000 troops, expanding the military by 25 percent. And to do that, Taiwan will need to rearrange its troops. As Taiwan continues to bolster its combat readiness, it hopes to usher in a new wave of soldiers and better protect its sovereignty. Chris Ma and Jaime Okan for Taiwan Plus. In one of the highest-profile visits from Washington, the Speaker of the U.S. House of Representatives, Nancy Pelosi, is set to visit Taiwan on Sunday. Japan's Fuji News Network says Pelosi will travel to Taipei after a meeting with the Japanese Prime Minister, Fumio Kishida, in Tokyo. It's expected to replace a plan stopped in South Korea. The Speaker is second in line to the U.S. presidency, following the Vice President, the last sitting House Speaker to visit Taiwan was Newt Gingrich in 1997. Sunday also marks the 43rd anniversary of Washington's implementation of the Taiwan Relations Act into law. The legislation regulates U.S.-Taiwan ties after the two countries broke off formal diplomatic relations. Taiwan has joined a number of countries imposing economic sanctions on Moscow over its invasion of Ukraine. It has revealed a list of 57 products banned for export to Russia, which includes semiconductors and telecoms equipment. Taiwan announced in February that it would join global efforts banning the export of goods for military use to Russia. Moscow put Taiwan on a list of 48 countries or territories deemed unfriendly following the announcement. In 2021, Taiwan's exports to Russia amounted to 1.3 billion US dollars, less than 1% of the country's total exports. One of Taiwan's largest religious events is getting underway Friday, and organizers are taking steps to make sure it doesn't turn into a hotbed of COVID. They face a big challenge with hundreds of thousands participating against a backdrop of growing infections in many parts of the country. Taiwan continues to see a new daily caseload in the triple digits. It reported 531 new cases on Thursday. John Van Trieste has more. Every year, devotees of the sea goddess Mazu set off on foot from her Dajia Zhenlan Temple. Over the nine days that follow, they cover a circuit of around 300 kilometers, paying respects at other temples along the way. Some years, the number of pilgrims can approach a million. And though the event was significantly scaled back in 2020, last year, an estimated 100,000 took part on the first day alone. 
To keep the crowds COVID-free this year, temples along the route say they won't offer food or shelter to the pilgrims as they have previously. The city of Taichung, where the procession starts and ends, has also sent a vaccination truck to give COVID jabs to worshippers preparing for the journey. Klein Wong and John Van Trieste for Taiwan Plus. After ruling Taiwan as a one-party state for four decades, Taiwan's largest opposition party, the Kuomintang, or KMT, has found itself out of power for the last six years. Now, as the KMT looks to chart a path back into the government, it's decided to open a new U.S. office. Alexander Huang will be tasked with leading the party's diplomatic push in Washington. He is currently in charge of the KMT's International Affairs Bureau. The party has not had any representation in Washington since 2008, while Taiwan's ruling Democratic Progressive Party has maintained a consistent presence in the U.S. KMT officials said party chair Eric Chu will officially open the office when he visits Washington next month. Our reporter Ed Moon asked the party's new U.S. envoy why the return after 14 years. Could you tell me why the Kuomintang has chosen this moment to return to the U.S.? We believe that a permanent representation in Washington, D.C. will uh, give uh, our American friends the impression that we are, uh, you know, firmly, uh, you know, committed that that to uh, look at the U.S.-Taiwan relations as our priority. In an era of intense competition between China and the U.S., Do you think it's inevitable that Taiwan has to choose a side? Or is it possible to carve a middle path between the two? When I was the Deputy Minister of Mainland Affairs almost 20 years ago, uh, I said that Taiwan, no matter when, um, we are torn between two Bs, the blood and the brain. We do not want to choose one against the other. So, for Taiwan, uh, the KMT had maintained close relationship with the United States since World War II. Uh, It's not KMT that walk away from U.S.-Taiwan relationship. Uh, We continue to have such a relationship. I believe there are more American-friendly elites in the KMT than any other party in Taiwan. The key is that when people uh, we were given this di- dichotomy or the, the differences of, uh, you know, uh, description or illustration about pro-China and pro, uh, pro-U.S., uh, my answer has been very simple. Uh, Taiwan cannot afford to not dealing with either one. We have to do both. Qingmingjie was on Tuesday, and the tomb-sweeping season is coming to an end. Our reporter Eric Gao went to Taiwan's biggest single-family tomb-sweeping ceremony in Taoyuan to see how it's being held during the ongoing COVID-19 outbreak. Just west of Taipei, this crowd of thousands has come together in this mausoleum for the annual Qingmingjie, or the Tomb Sweeping Festival, when people across the Chinese-speaking world visit the graves of their ancestors to pay their respects. Everyone here is part of the Ye family, 
It's been 15 generations since they first arrived in Taiwan, and the tradition is still going strong. It's the largest single-family event in Taiwan, and relatives come from all over to participate. Before COVID travel restrictions, they would return from abroad as well. The event is so big that the local mayor comes to pay his respects every year. This year's tomb sweeping came as the local pandemic situation worsened, with concerns that it could spread further over the long holiday weekend. Even in the midst of Taiwan's current COVID-19 outbreak, with over 100 domestic cases being recorded every day, so many members of the Ye family came out to pay their respects to their common ancestors. In the years before the pandemic, this entire area would be full of the Ye family. COVID restrictions in 2020 meant only a handful of people were allowed to come. That number expanded to about 100 in 2021. This year, the limitations were eased so long as participants followed safety measures. Even with these precautions, some Ye family members chose to avoid the crowds and came after the main ceremony earlier in the day. Traditionally, all family members are meant to attend that group worship. During the COVID-19 pandemic, some temples and mausoleums have gone digital, letting people honor their ancestors from the safety of their own homes. The Ye family event organizers currently have no plans to do so, but one younger relative thinks the idea is worth considering. Before the pandemic, over 8,000 Ye family members would come together for tomb sweeping. When travel restrictions are lifted, organizers hope to one day set a Guinness World Record for the biggest single-family tomb sweeping ceremony. As Taiwan moves to living with COVID-19, the Ye family could see more people attending the event next year, pushing them closer to that world record goal. James Rayner, Ken Ning, and Eric Gao for Taiwan Plus. The bluefin tuna season has kicked off in Taiwan, with the first catch of the year up for auction this weekend. Weighing over 180 kilos, the Pacific bluefin tuna was caught on Tuesday off the southern county of Pingdong. Tuna spawn in Taiwan's waters between April and June, when the fish is at its fattest. The fish catch of the year always fetches the highest price. It could sell for over 60,000 US dollars. A Taiwanese car has broken a speed record set by a Chinese TikTok star who said that Taiwan does not have any fast cars. The car, modified by Taiwanese enthusiast Liao Zixian, finished a 400-meter sprint in just 8.72 seconds in the central city of Taichung on Wednesday. That beat Chinese TikTok star Jenny Gui's time by just two-tenths of a second. Liao spent over 174,000 U.S. dollars on his car just to prove Jenny Gui wrong. Liao's time is faster than any time recorded in China. However, it falls short of the Asian record by a couple tenths of a second. He says he's going to race one more time to see if he can become the fastest in Asia. Thank you for watching Taiwan Plus News. I'm Ian Kavat. For more stories from Taiwan and around the world, please download the Taiwan Plus app. Stay safe and see you next time. Thanks for listening to Taiwan Plus on ICRT. For more great stories from Taiwan and around the world, visit TaiwanPlus.com.